And we're live on a Fantasy Oddscast with my co-host Jake Perry. You can follow him on Twitter, Jake Perry34. You can follow me on Twitter, AJ Desai4. How's it going, man? Bears lose again uh, with a score of I think it was 41 to 25 going the Packers' way. It was really going their way earlier on in the game. So thoughts on that, man? Yeah, man. Good to be here. Um, uh, luckily for me, um, there was about it was the Bears' final drive. And I just live bet them at plus 18 and a half. So I made a little cash there. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, we both went into the game with expectations that this wasn't going to be a good game for the Bears. Um, and it, everything that we thought would happen basically happened. Yeah, man. I mean, like, you know, um, that fumble, Preston Smith taking that back for a touchdown. You know, honestly, you know, that was just the death um, of that game. And it was like all she, all she wrote in that game. So, I mean... Um, but on the other side, there were a couple of positives in that game. So Montgomery's 57-yard run, I think. You were going to talk about that. Um, uh, what else, man? There's um, there's a couple of throws from Mr. Trubisky to Allen Robinson. Um, also, a uh, couple of negatives. You know, uh, as you mentioned to me in the in our chat, we were talking about it earlier today. Um, a lot of, or um, I think it was on the game night. You were talking. You were telling us that. Um, you know, Mitch would be better with this offense. And, you know, I think we ended up seeing the same thing. Yeah, I. Uh, so let's start with Monty. I mean, obviously he broke that huge run to start the game, and then we decided to just abandon the run on the goal line because yeah. why not? Um, but, you know, I think Montgomery is finally showing people that he's a legitimate – he's like a legitimate RB1. At worst, he's a high-end RB2, especially in fan, for fantasy purposes. Um, but – you know, we're, we finally, it's not like that was his only good run of the game. You know, you take out that run and he still has 10 carries for 46 yards. That's four and a half yards of carry. You know, that's a, that's a pretty solid game. I think anybody would, you know, have to agree with that. Pass catching wise, five receptions, 40 yards and a touchdown. So obviously like Montgomery's finally being treated like the running back that he should be treated like. Um, I, I was saying it during the game. I was like, I tweeted it. I was like, please, like what? How good would Montgomery look with a real offensive line? I think Mont if you put Montgomery on Green Bay with their offensive line, obviously their running backs are super talented. I think Montgomery puts up better numbers behind their line. Like, not to say, like, Aaron Jones, obviously a super talented guy. James Williams, super talented guy. Or Jamal Williams, sorry. Um, like, they obviously both put up numbers. They both had 17 carries combined for 163 yards and a touchdown. So they're obviously super talented too, but Montgomery, like, there was the expected uh, gain on that rush, uh, that 57-yard rush was six yards based off of, like, the, the separation between him and the defensive linemen and the linebackers and those in pursuit. And he's showing that he's got the burst to be, you know, a legitimate, you know, solid top-tier running back. Yeah, man, once he got into that second level, man, I thought he was gone. But, like, I'm like, oh, my God, they're going to catch him. Then we're not going to go back to him again. But they but they did. It was just like that one that one carry where he, didn't, where he ended up at the line of scrimmage. But then, you know, we talk about that drive. That drive was so important because isn't that the drive where Allen Robinson decided to drop that touchdown, right? Yep. All right, yeah, yeah talk yeah. about that and, a little bit. Yeah, man, I mean, that's what – Allen Robinson, he's not a burner. He's a guy yeah. who's gonna have to make his career, like make his money off of catching these jump balls, which is something that before this year we saw him consistently doing. But this is now the fourth or fifth one that I can think of. There's been multiple of them that have turned into interceptions. This one turns into you know a loss of four points essentially. Should have been a touchdown. That that was a ball he needs to come down with, especially knowing that you know 
Mitch Trubisky is not a great quarterback. He's he's a solid quarterback when he gets protection. You know, we saw some good things out of him this game. We saw some really bad things out of him this game as well. Um, but you know, that's a ball that A. Rob's got to come down with if he wants these. You know, the extensions that we we talked about him getting previously. You know, he still had a really good game. He still had eight catches, over sixty yards, two or over seventy yards, two touchdowns. So he still had a really solid game, but. You know, that's a ball that you've got to catch if you want to consider yourself an elite receiver. You know, when you want to get that that elite money as well, right right now, what were we talking about? Like 18 to 20 million? Like, my value for Allen Robinson is pretty set out there. I'm pretty, pretty um, firm out there on Twitter. I, I put him a value at like $15 million a year, which is what I think is fair for him. But, I mean, like, I'm sure the Bears tried to offer that money, and then he was like, uh, nah, this is not the offer that I was hoping to get. But at the same time, he hasn't gotten his third or fourth touchdown yet. I don't know what number he is on. But, like you, know, like you said, he is p- being paid to get, those big, uh, to get those big catches and big touchdown plays. So, I mean, saw that in 2019. We saw a little dr- – sorry, we saw that in 2018, and then we saw, that, saw a little drop-off in 2019 – um, then we're seeing a major drop off of his production because of the offensive line. We're not being able to extend plays, but then you know we saw Mitch being able to get the ball to him in Green Bay and eight receptions, 74 yards, and two touchdowns. So you know, um, you know maybe the concern is um, not getting the ball to him. Maybe it's just his. Uh, I don't want to say it. Maybe Bears fans are going to crucify me for this. And maybe his work ethic, because if you're going to complain with Bears fans on Twitter after a game and say that um, had that same energy, man, I, I don't know. I love you, Era, but I've lost all respect for you as a player, dude. Like, you don't do that. Like, we're just fans, man. A $50 million athlete goes on Twitter at 1 a.m. and just starts tweeting at fans, dude. Come on. You're better than that. And we expected... Um, a, a better mature a maturity level for him. So I did. So... Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I, I like the player engagement. I like players kind of clapping back a little bit. I, so I don't, I don't necessarily care about it that much. But like you're saying, like if he wants to be in that upper echelon of receivers, like he's got to be, like he's, he's got to make himself exempt from that criticism. You know, if he's, if he's gonna clap back at it, he's got to put up. I mean, don't get me wrong, he's still putting up phenomenal numbers. Um, let me pull up the, you know, the. But go out there here. and do it again. Go go yeah. go out in Detroit and go put up a go put up a buck fifteen two touchdowns and then I'll be quiet, all right. Like everyone else will be quiet if you go put up a buck fifteen two touchdowns. You know, sorry, go ahead, go ahead, man. No, no, you're good. Yeah, so I'm just pulling up the rankings here. Um, so this year, from you know, from a fantasy perspective, he's wide receiver, wide receiver ten on the year in PPR. Um, so I mean, he's still putting up good numbers. He's obviously, but like. There, you have multiple times this year where we've seen balls ripped out of his hands. We see this drop touchdown pass in the end zone. Um, you know, it's it's costing the team something. I don't get me wrong. I don't think he's costing the team as much as the offensive line has, or as much as poor quarterback play has. Um, something that I saw on Twitter that I don't like at all is everybody talking about the defense poorly. Like, yes, our defense didn't have a good game, but it's it's Aaron Rodgers, and he's going to go off, and it's just going to happen. Um, and he's been, you know, consistently one of the best quarterbacks in football this year. Um, yeah, obviously it'll depend on how your league does scoring, but basically of the, he's the number one quarterback that isn't scoring, you know, a decent amount of points rushing. Like 
you know, obviously Mahomes, Mahomes, Kyler, Russ, and Watson ahead of him, who all pick up, you know, a fair amount of points rushing wise. Um, Rodgers is, you know, putting up great numbers too. He's at one. He's point in my league, in the league that I run. He's point one points per game behind Deshaun Watson this year. So obviously he's still, you know, he's doing damn good. He's gonna he's gonna torch a defense a little bit, and especially a defense that you know has some holes in it. Um, I I think I can speak for most Bear fans who watched that game and say that you know Buster Screen was probably the most targeted player on the field, and that was for a reason. You know he's not a phenomenal quarterback. Um, you know he's a, he's a decent nickel corner. He's he's good in certain situations, but they were just beating him all night. You know the defense played a game. It wasn't their best game, but our defense has held us in every single game this year. So I'm not going to go on Twitter and knock our defense for being you know bad one night. I don't want to criticize the defense because I feel like, you know, they're doing what they did the first, um, you know, 10 games of the season. And you, and you realize that what position they put you in to succeed. And I'm not going to sit here and, um, you know, go at Eddie Jackson and other guys on our defense um, just because um, they didn't make that one play or anything like that. Yeah, I, you know, our defense has carried us all year. This was the first game that our offense has looked okay in a while, and a lot of that is due to the fact that our reserve offensive linemen, who have been kind of forced into starting duty, have played really well. Um, PFF put it; uh, they tweeted about it that Bars and Mustafer didn't allow a single pressure all night. So that's obviously you know a huge game from them. Maybe we see some you know improved line play going forward here, but you know we know what this Bears team is going to do. We know what we've. We know that they're not going to be a playoff team. Um, we'll talk about it a little bit later in one of the the questions that we got on Twitter about it, about the Bears. Um, but you know, I'm ready to just kind of accept the fate of. At best, we're going to be a 500 team this year, and at that at that point, if I'm fighting between 500 or a you know a good draft pick, give me the draft pick. Oh, definitely give me the draft pick, man. Like you said, man. Let's stop talking about the Bears and let's start talking some of the games of Week 12. You know, the Bears are just one thing that we talk about this on this podcast because we are Bears fans. This is a Chicago-based podcast because we talk um, Chicago sports as well and all the sports around this um, this wonderful nation. So, um, so these games in Week 12... Um, Start me off with one. Um, I guess uh, we could get to the Steelers and Ravens game a bit later, but like talk about some of those um, um, those Sunday games for me, man. All right, I'm going to talk about one game real quick here. Um, it was the worst game of football that I've ever forced myself to watch the entire game of. I'm sorry to anybody like myself who had to watch that New Orleans and Denver game. Uh, that was, oh my God. you know, I get Denver – Denver was in a bad situation with their quarterbacks, obviously having to have a practice squad wide receiver who hadn't played quarterback since his freshman or sophomore year of college and lost his starting job. And obviously, you know, we saw why he's not a good he's not a quarterback. There's a reason he's playing wide receiver now, Um, you know, props to him for stepping up, though, and getting out there. You know, obviously, you know, he wasn't afraid to get out there and, you know, really let it fly. But that was a bad football game, man. I'm a Kamara owner at this point, like watching Taysom Hill just run with the ball like Taysom Hill's basically a goal line running back at this point for that offense 
you know, especially in that game, you know, it came out and said that they went with a more conservative game plan. And that's probably why we saw more Murray than we saw Kamara. You know, Murray obviously had a phenomenal game, 124 yards, two tutties. You know, so we see we see a good game out of him. But, you know, that was that was a bad football game to watch. I don't care who you are. You can be a Saints fan. and You're not going to tell me that was a fun game to watch. Yeah, I don't know if you were watching Scott Hansen or what you were doing for Thanksgiving for the over the weekend, but um, Scott Hansen was just like I don't think like he was giving that much airtime to that Saints game. It was just a couple of the picks and um, that field goal that Denver got. Uh, I think he was focused more on the other games, but like you know, it was the uh, mid afternoon game, like after the noon slate. So I mean, I think he was forced to put that game on because it was only three games. So. Um, like I think there were a lot of people, like you mentioned, that they were just waiting for that game to go into halftime and eventually actually ending as well. So I mean, man, that was such a such a boring game, man. What else? What else, man? I mean, I, I thought the Falcons and Raiders game was really surprising to me. Uh, I would ne- I would have never thought the Falcons would have put put up forty three points and actually, you know, um, executing their game assignments and ending. Um, and ending that game and ending the Raiders' life um, uh, Sunday, man, forty-three to six, man. That's that's just uh, you know David Carr, you know, or Derek Carr. I'm sorry, I compared you compared you to your brother, but you know, man, what, what was going on? What was going on with Derek Carr, man? I'll tell you what, Derek Carr did poorly because I decided to start him this week in one of my leagues. His two worst games have been his two worst games this year have been when I've started him. Um, no, man. I mean, the Falcons' defense—they knew how to stop Las Vegas. I mean, it was simple as that. They couldn't get the running game going, and that that offense needs the running game going to get the passing game working, and that just wasn't able to happen. You know, Carr was obviously pretty clumsy with the ball. Um, he had the uh, the interception that he threw. Um, he also had a fumble or was it two fumbles even? Um, it wasn't a good get three fumbles. Sorry. Three lost three fumbles. You know, Jacobs lost a fumble. You know, when you turn the ball over four times, five times, it's going to be bad. No matter what, like no matter what, no matter how good your offense could be, you know, and they, it seemed like they got the run going on the first drive or like they had a couple decent runs early and then they just abandoned it. They were like, we're too far behind at this point, which I get that. I get having to throw the ball to catch up, but like your offense wasn't like clearly wasn't working. You know, it wasn't a good game out of Carr. You know, they pulled him for Peterman late. It wasn't a good game out of the Falcons' offense really either. You know, Matt Matt Ryan barely completed fifty percent of his passes. He threw a pick. Um, you know, Calvin Ridley came out of the game with an injury. Um, you know, Ito Smith ends up being the the running back one in that game. You know, sixty five yards and a touchdown. So like. Nothing offensively really was great for Atlanta. They're just their defense, you know, showed up really, you know, after being one of the worst defense in footballs over the first like seven or eight weeks of the season. Really had a really good game. Young Joku, obviously, you know, he's he's banged up a little bit now with an injury um, to his uh, right quad, um, but he kicked five field goals, so you know he was obviously as good as ever. Um, you know, really surprising me this year kicking wise, but man, yeah, that. It got to a point where Las Vegas almost looked defeated to me. Like, it just looked like they just didn't want to be out there anymore. Yeah, man. I mean, I really thought that, like, you know, Las Vegas, like, like as soon as I think they went down 27, you can correct me here. I'm not sure. There's a lot of scores that were really weird this weekend, um, this past weekend. So, I mean, yeah, as soon as they went down um, over 20 points, I think, like, 
you know, like like you said, they they just abandoned the run and just went to the passing game. Um, so and even there, uh, Derek Carr struggled there too. So um, yeah, ugly game for the Las Vegas Raiders. Hopefully they bounce back. But we also have a, a couple of other games. I don't want to talk about the Bills and Chargers game because you had some something invested in that game. So let's skip that game. Let's just skip Anthony Lynn's um, mediocrity. Um, let's just go to the Giants and Bengals game. Um, unless if you want to talk about the Bills game, be my guest, but I don't want to. Um, Giants and Bengals, man. Nah, I've, I've, I've got something I'll talk about later oh, when I do okay. the fantasy recap about that, that um, the Bills-Chargers game. Just a brief note about it, but yeah, man, that Giants-Bengals game did not go how I thought it was going to go. I thought the Giants, as yeah. bad as they are, were just going to stomp them. You know, we obviously saw, you know, uh, Daniel Jones came out with a pretty bad hamstring injury, came back in for one play, and then pulled himself back out of the game. Sounds like he's probably going to miss a little time this week. Um, you know, it seems like it's, it's not a severe hamstring injury, but it seems like it's obviously something that they're going to, you know, especially him being, you know, such a high draft pick for them. And Colt McCoy did fine, I guess, when he was out there. Um, you know, we saw a great game out of Will, uh, Wayne Gallman, you know, 94 yards and a touchdown, um, and then three receptions for negative three yards. But Hey, I play only PPR for a reason. So he still got me some points there. Um, but you know, that I, as we kind of predicted, um, that Bengals offense, without Joe Burrow is uh, not great. Um, Brandon Allen, you know, we thought Ryan Finley was going to play. It came out that Allen was going to play 17 to 29 for 136 touchdown and a pick. Uh, the running game for them, a whole lot of nothing. Um, you know, uh, we have uh, Gio Bernard had eight carries for 32 yards. So, you know, that's not terrible. It's four yards a carry. Um, but the, otherwise, you know, Samaj P. Ryan, their their backup running back, essentially got basically nothing. You know, they had one, you know, three guys, two wide receivers who got a carry, and then you know another backup running back that got a carry. But their offense did just enough to keep them in the game because outside of Wayne Gallman, the Giants' offense really couldn't do anything. Evan Engram obviously had a good game, but past that, you know, they did, they didn't really show anything. Uh, T. Higgins had a good game. You know, I was hoping those targets would be going to Tyler Boyd um, and just kind of bought into that. But Higgins has shown himself, especially in dynasty leagues, to be a really good pickup for a lot of people. Um, probably a really good value, too. Um, but, you know, we're seeing that, you know, this Bengals team, as we all kind of predicted, Joe Burrow may be better than we thought simply because of how well he made that offense run. Yeah, his ability to extend plays. I mean, on the play, he didn't. He got hurt. He wasn't able to extend it. But I mean, like you know, the guy. I mean, the kid tries. You know, and like you mentioned, um, Joe Burrow, his ability to run that offense, with, even with a poor offensive line, he could, um, you know, make guys like Joe Mixon. Granted, he is hurt right now, but like, but when he was healthy with Giovanni Bernard, um, he could make those guys like, you know, ha- be valuable to the offense. So. Um, you know, it's it's good what uh, Joe Burrow brings to the franchise, and Cincinnati fans should be really excited next year because, you know, Joe Burrow tweeted out after his injury that he is going to be back even stronger. But, like, you know, I don't – like, I like, I agree with you. Colt McCoy, I think it was, like you mentioned, didn't play bad, but, um, you know – Yeah, I, I mean, he, he, he existed. He did better than the, the, the guy out in Denver. Yeah, I mean, like, not that yeah, that's Col- saying much, but yeah, but like still, but like Col- Colt McCoy moved the ball, you know, like five, six yards slants, easy, easy high precision, um, 
pass plays, you know, slants, outs, and stuff. I mean, he, he did that pretty well. I mean, all he needed to do is just go out there and get the victory for the Giants. I mean, like, and what do you know? I mean, like, the Giant, Giants fans right now, I mean, you could either be happy or you could either be um, depressed right now. Um, they had the 19th pick in the draft before this game. They had the 6th pick in the draft. Um, so I'm not sure how that um, motivates them in a good or positive way. Um I think their team is still building, so maybe you might want her to lose that game. But then again, um, they are winning their division, so they have the 19th overall pick right now. So they dropped 13 spots um, in one week. So, Yeah, I think for them, I think, you know, a lot of their issues are health and Daniel Jones' development. You know, if he develops yeah. into a more consistent quarterback, they've obviously got some holes um defensively they need they've got some things that they've got to work on you know their defense has been solid but they, they can get exploited at times you know offensively they haven't exactly been a powerhouse and i think a lot of that is daniel jones just really hasn't been a great quarterback you know i don't think anybody's, yeah, anybody's really going to argue that with me right he's too i mean he's man. you know you look at his yeah you look at his season stats on espn like his best ranking in anything is qbr which is you know admittedly not a great stat is 18th in the league so you know maybe he's near average but he's not going to win you football games and especially when you're an offense that's not you know not you know sterling shepherd he plays a he's a good receiver but he's not you know a superstar level receiver slayton has big games and then disappears for weeks at a time golden tate he's not the receiver he was a few years ago you know they don't their receivers aren't uber talented obviously they've got a really talented tight end in engram you know when saquon's healthy he's obviously you know a top five running back in football um but this you know this team is it's close and especially in the division they're in their division's so bad that they don't need much more than what they currently have you know i wouldn't be surprised if you know I wouldn't be surprised if the Giants win the division, but I also really at this point wouldn't be surprised if any team in that division wins it. You know, they all suck so bad that one of them's bound to catch a hot a heater where they win like two or three games in a row. You know, maybe it's Washington playing off of this big win against Dallas this past week. Maybe, you know, they turn that into a heater and then all of a sudden, you know, they're seven and seven and they're in first place by two games and they just walk into the playoffs and somehow, you know, shock. But that division, it's not – there's some excitement in that division. There's obviously a lot of talent in that division. You know, Dak Prescott, you know, when he's healthy, he's a, you know, he's a great quarterback. You know, he's putting up some insane numbers this year. Zeke's obviously super talented. They've got a ton of wide receivers there. You know, Washington's got Terry McLaurin. They've got Antonio Gibson, who's really, you know, showing what I had, why I had him so high in my preseason rankings, um, you know, there's talent in this division, but it's just the least exciting division in football right now. Yeah, man. I mean, I had a uh, a preseason bet on the on the um, I think it was the Eagles to win the NFC East. I mean, I I think I'm still glimmering hope there because you know, like you said, the division is really really bad. But um, hopefully, you know, I cash that bet. But like then again, um, it's betting. Anything can happen. But you know, I have. Uh, there's a lot of other games that went on. I mean, like, you know, we could sit here and talk about the NFC East all day and it being trash, but, you know, um, what about that Titans and Colts game? You know, that was the probably the most exciting one to watch behind the Chiefs or Buccaneers or probably ahead of them. Like, I would probably put those two games one and two. So, um, yeah, A.J. Brown is Yeah, just, that was, um, a, that was yeah. a great game. Yeah, that was, yeah, that was amazing. You know, um, 
uh, and AJ Brown is amazing, uh, playing well. Uh, returned the uh, I think onside kick, got a perfect bounce, and he returned that for a touchdown. So that was really cool to see. Yeah, it's the first time I've ever seen that in my entire life. Seen an onside kick get returned for a touchdown. Um, he obviously he had that you know 69, 70 yard touchdown pass um, early in the game as well. You know, showing that he really is a wide like he's a, one of the best wide receiver. Not I don't want to say one of the best because there's there's plenty of guys that are better than him. You know, but especially from like a perspective of what is else is going on in his offense for him to still consistently be putting up the numbers that he's putting up when guys like Derrick Henry are rushing for 175 to 200 yards and three touchdowns, you know, he's, he's showing why he's a true wide receiver one and why he should be valued as such. Um, we saw a good game out of Tannehill. That was something I needed. You know, Rivers had a pretty decent game. T.Y. Hilton, we saw him do something in a football game for maybe the first time since what what year is it? 2017. Um, you know, he, he had a pretty solid game. Uh, he had the big touchdown catch as well. So, you know, we're finally seeing some good things out of this division um, or not this division out of this matchup. You know, I didn't exactly think that T.Y. Hilton was going to score a touchdown. So, you know, super happy to see that. But it was a great game. Um, it was my second most exciting game to watch uh, after we talk about a little bit more about this one. I'll tell you which one mine was. Um, I hated the outcome of the game, but it was definitely the most exciting to watch for me. But, you know, I think we talked about this, you know, the last time that the Colts and Titans played where we thought it was going to be a defensive game and it turned out to not be that again. Um, you know, where this this Titans team, you know, when Derrick Henry gets hot, just get just let him score. Like, don't try and tackle him. Just save your body because he's going to murder you. Just take the – just give him the touchdown. I mean, I would not want to like, – 6'3", yeah. 250, yeah, all I muscle. Yeah, I would not want to, like, be in his way, dude, of being tackled, dude. That's just – he is just one – it's a semi-truck. Oh, yeah, man. He's – yeah, there's not – there's like I, I've said it basically every week that we've had this podcast. There's not a running back in football I'm more physically scared of than Derrick Henry. You know, he's just an intimidating presence and he backs up like, you know, a lot of people may try and knock him, you know, as you know, he's definitely been knocked in the past. But I think what we're seeing a lot of now, especially, is that his lack of use earlier on in his career was definitely, you know, a a Matt LaFleur thing. He, you know, as we're seeing with Aaron Jones, you know, he doesn't necessarily lean on his running back super heavy. But we see it, you know, we're seeing it a lot now with Mike Brabel, you know, having taken over there. The Derrick Henry is getting 25, 30 carries a game, and he's just putting up insane numbers with it. You know, he's leading the league in rushing now. Um, you know, he's he's scary good, man. You know, it's I again, he's one of those guys where like you put him behind a he's not he's a guy that doesn't even need a good offensive line. You know, their offensive line has been underperforming, you know, comparatively to how they have in the past this year, and he's still just destroying everybody in the league. Yeah, it's like one of those snow plows that go like 95 miles an hour. But you know who he also reminds me of? I mean, Skittles man, Marshawn Lynch, you know, refuses to go down, can catch the ball, and can just get to the end zone. Even that's another guy, like back in the day when he was with the Seattle Seahawks and Buffalo Bills, that's also another guy, like, I also would not want to be in his way when he's running towards me. So, uh, yeah, you know. Uh, I think uh, Derrick Henry is um, continuing to uh, carry that tradition of what, of what Marshawn Lynch had. So, I mean, that's really cool to see. So, um, 
Yeah, but like you know, other games, you know, Miami um, beat the Jets twenty to three. Not much to talk about in that game. Except Ryan Fitzpatrick in the start um, for the Dolphins. Uh, a couple other games here. As I scroll through my phone, uh, the Cardinals and Patriots. The Patriots beat the Cardinals. Another good one to talk about there. I don't know why uh, K- Kyler Murray does not just like tuck and run more than he needs to. Just tries to find the receiver. I, I think more Jake. Um, I think like there was. Yeah, I think a lot of that game was him just pro- like him and the coaching staff kind of just being you know like we're like just protecting his shoulder obviously he came yeah. out with a, a little bit of an ac joint sprain out sure. of the last game so i think a lot of it was that you know they, they they even leaned on their run game a little bit more heavily than they do they had in the past you know you take out kyler's five runs they still had almost 30 rushes um you know weren't overproductive with it but you know did enough Kenyon drake got two touchdowns um so Kenyon drake owners are finally happy that they're getting yeah. a little bit of value back from him um but yeah, I mean, it, to me, they were just protecting Kyler. Um, and and if, honestly, for me, as a just like a fan, like in that situation, just don't play him then. If it's not, if he can't play like he normally can, you know, I'm all for players playing through injury. Like, especially, you know, as Cub fans also, you know, we see our players have very poorly performed in the recent years trying to play through injuries. Like it just, yep. if it saps your performance, you're not helping your team by being out there. Um, and Kyler really, you know, didn't show anything special in that game. Camp sucked too. And he's still like in, and it still was enough for new England to win. So, I mean, you know, that game, you know, the outcome definitely was a little surprising. I think I, myself and probably, you know, 98% of people out there probably had Arizona winning that game, but you know, it definitely makes, you know, something to evaluate this week. Um, as we kind of, you know, look into week 13. And as a Bears fan, I wanted Cam Newton. So, I mean, like, you know, just to see him uh, suck out there in New England, I mean, I guess maybe it wasn't meant to be. But then again, you know, uh, maybe he wasn't as ready as we thought he was. But maybe then again, New England has their issues, and they're missing a lot of people on that defense and offense. So moving on to this uh, this slate, you know, um, the Browns in Jacksonville, it uh, got pretty scary for the Browns at the end there. And also Mike Lennon. Yo, what happened? He came in. Oh, I think he started. He started, and he he had himself a good game. Yeah, I mean, I think he's the type of quarterback that definitely benefits from having a good running back around him, which is something that he didn't necessarily, you know, have, or at least a consistent running game in Chicago. Um, obviously, you know, we've talked about how bad that contract was and we'll continue to talk about how bad that contract was for years to come. But yeah, he had a pretty solid game. You know, honestly, nothing, he, he put up decent numbers and, you know, but nothing like I watched the, I watched bits and pieces of, you know, his highlights, nothing he did really, you know, like blew my mind. I mean, James Robinson is really the star of the show in that game for me. Um, you know, he's, you know, an undrafted free agent out of Illinois state and he's coming out here and he's putting up. You know, 120 yards, 100, almost 130 yards in a touchdown, five catches for 30 yards receiving. You know, he's been arguably the steal of fantasy football this year. You know, obviously he went undrafted in the NFL. You know, when a lot of leagues were drafting, Leonard Fournette was still the, the running back in Jacksonville. So nobody, you know, thought of James Robinson or thought of taking James Robinson. And here he comes, you know, slowly, you know, taking over the league, you know, being top five in a Times top three. He's third most rushing yards in football from a receiving standpoint. He's got 36 receptions on the year for 280 yards and a touchdown. You know, he's, you know, a phenomenal talent this year. Um, 
it was nice to finally see Jarvis Landry have a good game too. Um, you know, finally the game that everybody kind of was hoping to see out of him more consistently this year. Um, but you know, that was a great game, man. It was, it was a fun one to watch. Um, the only other one that I liked watching more than that game too, was the, uh, the Vikings game, you know, uh, the Vikings Panthers game, you know, I, as a bears fan was rooting for the Vikings to lose. Um, but the way that they, you know, fought and clawed back, putting up 18 points in the fourth quarter, man, that was just impressive to watch. Yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, like, you know, that that game, the Vikings, when they came back and they beat the Panthers, that was a really good game. You know, Kirk Cousins in the final seconds of that game found Chad Beebe for the touchdown, you know. And um, I'm sure Vikings fans are excited about that because, like, they are ahead of us in the playoff hunt. And honestly, I don't really see us making a difference be honest like if we some if we win the next four games and we just sit there and lose week 6 17 you know how pissed off i'm gonna be jake very pissed off i'm gonna dm you on twitter oh i mean 20 capitalized messages saying that what the fuck are we doing dude like i hope i hope the message from george mccaskey and this is the final point i'm gonna end on the chicago bears folks is that i hope the narrative is losing these next five games not winning them but losing them yeah, I'm definitely in the same boat there. But that was a super exciting game to watch. Came down to a 54-yard yeah. field goal with a second left that yep. missed. Um, Kirk Cousins, you know, I'll talk about him a little bit here later. He had a really good game, 34 for 45 for 300, 307 yards and three touchdowns. You know, neither running back looked phenomenal in that game. You know, Mike Davis, 15 carries for 55 yards. The Panthers, um, as I've tweeted about multiple times here, have no idea how to use Mike Davis as running back. In games where he gets 21 or more touches, they're undefeated. In games where he gets less than 20, 20 or less touches, they, they have not won a single game. Yep. He didn't get 20 touches, so guess what? Panthers lose the game. That was the football gods just coming back to spite him. Uh, decent game out of Robbie Anderson. Four catches, 94 yards, and a touchdown. Justin Jefferson without um, the competition of Adam Thielen. You know, seven for 70 and two touchdowns, proving, you know, that not only was he one of the best wide receivers in that draft, um, but he's one of the best wide receivers in football right now. Um, you know, his big playability is up there with anybody, except maybe, you know, he's probably a tier below Tyreek Hill. Um, we won't even talk about his disgusting 60-point performance this week. It was just, you know, obviously one of the most insane things that we've ever seen in fantasy football. Um, but, you know, that game came right down to the wire. I am not going to lie. I wanted the Vikings to lose as a Bears fan. As a gambler, I did take the, the spread on them. Um, so that still kind of sucked because I'm pretty sure they were favorites. But, hey, you know, it is what it is. Um, but, you know. This is a team, this Vikings team that is starting to put it together and they're slowly becoming an actual scary team. Um, you know, obviously with their running back situation, you know, they're super talented there. They've got talent in the wide receivers. Cousins is finally playing like he's paid to play. Um, and there's a reason that they've won four of their last five games. Yeah, they're certainly one of the hottest teams, man. And, you know, um, if if anyone in the um, NFC North gets a chance at a wild card, I'm sorry, Bears fans, you got to give it to Minnesota, man. Playing really, really good football right now. Justin Jefferson is playing out of his mind as a rookie wide receiver. Wouldn't be surprised if the Rookie of the Year award goes to him or probably the Offensive Rookie of the Year award. So, um, because Justin Herbert has certainly fallen off because I don't think he's going to win because the Chargers are 3-7. and seven, So, uh, Justin Jefferson's road is wide open for the Offensive Rookie of the Year award. So 
Yeah, but like you were talking about the uh, the Tyreek Hill game, the, the three touchdown game. I actually have Patty Mahomes on my uh, fantasy team, and because of your fantasy advice, which we'll get into later, I went from five to four to eight and four. So I won three straight, trying to go for my fourth in a row. But that Chiefs and Buccaneers game that came really close. I think it was a um, a difference of a field goal. Um, talk about that a little bit. Tyree kills three touchdowns, and it's just Andy Reid just keeps on plowing through greatness week by week. Yeah, man. I mean, what else is there to say? You know, props to Cheetah. 13 catches for 269 yards and three touchdowns. He just, he was playing a different game than anybody else was last week. You know, he, <laughs> when you're doing things like that, like, what else is there to say? Like you put up one of the greatest performances that we've ever seen in fantasy football, um, in in even in just standard football leagues. Like that is that's insane. Like those those numbers are just ungodly. Patrick Mahomes, 462 yards, three touchdowns. You know Brady started slow. Um, he definitely you know and as did the whole Buccaneers team, but they definitely you know they brought it back. Like you said, they made it a close game, scoring two touchdowns in the fourth quarter there. Um, you know. Ronald Jones, decent game. Bruce Arians came out after the game and said they need to be giving him 20 touches. I, I'm i not a huge Ronald Jones fan. I think everybody that follows me on Twitter has seen me tweet about how they should just trust Fournette with what Fournette's able to do. He's a better running back, I think, than Ronald Jones. Maybe Jones will prove me wrong. Um, but, you know, he did have that touchdown catch, 37 yards for a touchdown. Um, you know, Mike Evans scored two touchdowns. Gronk went over 100 yards. Godwin had almost 100 yards on eight catches. So we saw some good games, you know, good performances here. But, I mean, as we said, it was the Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill show. And that, you know, that was something I'll never forget. That was that was a performance for the ages. Yeah, man. I mean, it's just like, you know, Pat Mahomes just chucks it up there and just finds Tyreek Hill. But, like, you know, that was just – they were bullying Carlton Davis, man. Like, the announcers were going to say it, you know. They were going to go after Carlton Davis and, like, you know, I got to give Carlton Davis of going up against Tyree Kill and stuff. But, like, you know, um, yeah, it didn't turn out too well for him. It was over 200 yards, I believe it was. Right, Jake? Um, and three touchdowns. So that was just. Uh, yeah, it was almost 270 yards. It's oh insane. Yeah. Oh, insane. Yeah. So he almost, yeah. So he went over uh, 250. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Anyways. Yeah. Three touchdowns over 200 yards. Tyreek Hill, amazing. One of the craziest wide receivers that I'll ever see in this game of football. But, you know, let's go back to the Thanksgiving games. You know, we talked about the Houston Texans. A couple of things there in Houston. Will Fuller is suspended for the rest of the season probably. Um, some some posts on Instagram saying that his doctor prescribed him with some, some uh, performance pills that were okay by his doctor. But it turned out that on the test... Um, it was a performance-enhanced drug, which um, is against the NFL substance policy. So he is suspended for six games. A lot of things going on in his career. He's gotten hurt. He's been suspended before, I believe it was. And now this. So um, just as the ship was steer, um, going the other way for Houston, uh, Brandon, Cook is, Brandon Cooks is gone. They cut him, and they lost... Um, uh, Will Fuller to a suspension, and I believe there's another player. I think they've still got Cook. They've still got Cooks. Oh, they got Cook. Who did they cut? Yeah, they cut uh, Kenny Stills. Ah, uh, yeah, Kenny Stills. My bad, folks. Kenny Stills is who. Yeah, they cut. and then it. 
Yeah, and then defensively, Bradley Roby was also suspended for yeah. performance-enhancing drugs. Maybe they have the, the same thing. doctor. Who knows? Um, but hey, um, you know, I, I was gonna—I'll talk about this a little bit, you know, more in depth when I go into my fantasy recap, just because I was gonna touch on it there. But I want, um, as you know, I say this half jokingly and half seriously. Um, whatever they were giving Will Fuller, let's just give it to the entire league. Um, because it was able to keep Will Will Fuller healthy for a full 12 yeah. weeks. Um, so let's just give that to every player in football so we see less injuries. But, you know, obviously he made a decision to not get it chest checked out with the NFL. Um, that is dumb to me. Um, that's something that I did in high school. Everything that every, every, you know, workout supplement that I took, every, you know, every time I went to the doctor, I made sure what I was taking was on the approved list for the IHSA, um, you know, to not do that at the NFL level when you're now, I saw a tweet that he's like costing himself near, it's like $6 million that he's losing out on from, you know, his game checks for being suspended. Um, so obviously, you know, that's something that he's not going to be happy about um, losing that kind of money, especially going into free agency. Also, you know, any team that he goes to now, you know, you have one game without Will Fuller because he's suspended for six games. There's five games left in their season. Quick math says, you know, he's suspended for that first regular season game, too. Unless, I think if Houston somehow makes the playoffs, I think he'd be suspended for the first game of the playoffs, but would then be eligible. So I think it'll depend on that. I'm not entirely sure how that works out. But, yeah, we saw a great game out of out of Fuller. Um, we saw the touchdown, you know, the 30, 37-yard touchdown catch by uh, Duke Johnson. So nice to finally see him a little involved, you know. Deshaun Watson, four four touchdowns, 300 yards, and only 25 attempts and only 17 completions. So obviously, you know, super efficient game out of him. This is a Detroit Lions team that we, we've we said it time and time again. They suck at football. Um, their defense is not performing like it should. They're injured. You know, they have no holiday. He's not practicing this week at this point. I think it's in their best interest to just shut him down, which sucks because he's obviously a super talented player and somebody they want out on the field. Um, they had uh, three fumbles on offense. They had the interception thrown by Matt Stafford, who's dealing with some injury issues of his own. The only real like good game that we saw out of anybody on that team, Mohamed Sidnu, who was unsigned at the beginning of the year, got signed to the practice squad and got activated. You know, he had four catches for 32 yards and a touchdown. Uh, TJ Hawkinson had almost 90 yards on five catches. And then Adrian Peterson, you know, the man who seemingly never ages, but like if you watch him run with a football, he's very clearly not as good as he used to be. He still scored two one-yard touchdowns. So, you know, there was some decent, there's some decent production that came out of that Detroit team, but this is, this is a Detroit team that's not going to be able to keep up with a high octane offense like Houston is, you know, they just don't have the talent offensively right now or defensively to, to you know, really compete with teams like this. Yeah. Um, you know, we talk about, uh, Houston and what their offensive power, firepower is. But, you know, you talk about the Lions, it's just like what we've, the Bears face them next week. And God forbid, if the Bears cannot put up 20 points on this Lions team, I'm actually going to be even more dead inside if we lose that game. Because I can't lose to the Lions, man. If we lose to the Lions, then I'm going to die. But, no, I'll try to, I'll try to hang in there. So, but, like, that's the thing. Like, you, you, you talk about teams like the Lions unable to do things because of the inability to, like, you know, move the ball. But they have a talented quarterback named Matt Stafford. But, you know, it is what it is. And I really hope that, like, you know, Matt Stafford finds a situation 
for himself that helps him succeed. But then, moving on, you know, Washington kicked the crap out of Dallas. Um, don't want to talk about that. That was just, you know, a crazy game. But, you know, Washington just, like, you know, took it to them. And then, you know, um, the Eagles losing to the Seahawks by three. No, sorry, six. Um pretty close game there at the end but I didn't I don't think the Seahawks were going to give it up or anything like that but you know got the backdoor cover for the Hail Hail Mary um Richard Rodgers I think it was that caught that one-handed grab um off of Travis Fulgham's glove tips so that um got us our uh plus eight spread there but then today we had a rescheduled game that was originally on Thanksgiving day on Thursday uh bunch of players from the Ravens facility tested positive. A lot of the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers um, players um, reacted to it. Um, Jake, uh, I don't, don't want to talk about that whole COVID situation. I want to talk about the game that we saw here today. Uh, your thoughts on it? Go ahead, man. Yeah, I mean, it was clear that I think the layoff kind of affected both teams. We didn't see a t- the Steelers started the game really nicely defensively, you know, scoring that touchdown pretty early. Um, but you know, overall, it wasn't really a phenomenal game out of either team. You know, I think I think it really, you know, I think the Steelers would tell you that too. Um, you know, we saw a couple good performances on both sides. Juju, uh, Juju had eight catches for 37 yards and a touchdown. Eric Ebron, seven catches, 54 yards. Benny Snell almost had 100 all-purpose yards, three receptions. But, you know, really nothing offensively really stood out for that Pittsburgh team, but also nothing really went right for the Baltimore offense either. Um, you know, you have, you know, RG three, RG three getting a start seven for 12 for 33 yards and a touchdown. He tried to, he did his best Lamar impression with seven, seven carries for 68 yards, but still nothing going offensively. Um, Trace McSorley, they brought him, you know, throw it on a dime. Like he ain't even trying, you know, he comes in, he gets the touchdown pass to where he throws it to Hollywood and Hollywood does all the work. So Hollywood finally had a good game. Four catches for 85 yards and a touchdown. But I mean, man, it was a, it was nice to watch football on a Wednesday. But I don't think it's something I'm ever hoping for again, honestly. You know, as I not that I didn't enjoy it and having football on a day that we don't normally have it. But I was, you know, I was very vocal on Twitter. I don't think this game should have happened. I think this game should have been a forfeit from Baltimore anyway. Um, but here we are. Pittsburgh won the game. Stay undefeated. Continue that streak. Plus. They were my my lock for the week, so it was nice to you know just confirm that they got the win for us. Make sure we swept our uh, our locks and dogs of the week. But yeah, man, I don't I don't know. It wasn't a super exciting game to watch, but you know it was football. I'm never going to complain about football. Never am going to complain about football, even if the Bears suck. I'm never going to ever 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 complain about football. And if it's available, I'm going to watch it. If it's a game on the other side of the map, I'm going to watch it. So yeah. <laughs> So, I mean, like, that ends our NFL review. So we're going to move on to our um, fantasy football guru aspect of things. Um, you know, Jake does a really good job with this. Um, you know, I've won three straight games, going for my f- fourth straight game here. Um, so, Jake, what do you got? What are the starts and sits that you got, man? Um, any Anything that we should be looking forward to week 13? Any hot pickups? 
Yeah, definitely. So um, with the Will Fuller suspension, um, it's going to be interesting to see kind of how this offense reacts. Um, obviously, you know, Brandon Cooks is going to be, you know, kind of thrust into the wide receiver one role. So a guy that I'm looking to pick up in a lot of leagues and he's very he's not owned, not a lot. He's very low owned um, is Kiki Kuti. Um, you know, we've seen some decent performances out of him in the past. He's had some good games here and there, but he's, you know, kind of always played third fiddle. Um, you know, he was the guy who, you know, backed up Will Fuller as wide receiver two um, when we still had DeAndre Hopkins in Houston. You know, he's never a guy that's really been, you know, a superstar. He's never out here, you know, killing it. But he's, you know, he gets, you know, he plays, you know, seven games, six games his rookie year. He had nine games he played last year. Um, so he's a young guy who's got some speed. He's got some talent there. So he's a guy that I'm looking to pick up just as kind of a just see what happens with him kind of thing. Um, another guy that I'm looking to pick up in quite a few leagues is De uh, Devontae Booker. Um, Jacobs, you know, came out of the game with an ankle injury and it didn't practice today. So that's concerning. Um, they said that the ankle injury wasn't too bad. So maybe it's just a week that we miss him. Um, but as a Jacobs owner, this is something that I'm really, you know, trying to pick up Devontae Booker to ensure that, you know, I have the handcuff there if I need it. And then two guys that are still widely available. Not, I don't want to say widely available, but available um, in most leagues. Um, Curtis Samuel with the DJ Moore injury, obviously it was a non-contact injury. Supposedly it's not too bad. They don't sound like he's going to miss too much time. Um, but he's a guy that, you know, Curtis Samuel, they're finally finding the role that they kind of envisioned for him um, when they drafted him. Um, so he's, you know, if he's still available in your league, he's definitely a guy I'm looking to pick up. They're definitely going to target him a little bit more. He's starting to get more owned. He's owned in 75% of ESPN leagues now. So it's good to see that number finally creep up for him. He's been putting up some pretty good numbers. I've been kind of calling his number all year. Um, and then the last guy, um, maybe with if DJ Moore actually does miss some time, maybe this boosts Farrow Cooper up a little bit. Um, Farrow Cooper's, you know, obviously uh, a guy that we haven't seen do a whole lot in the NFL. Um, he hasn't put up crazy numbers or anything like that for his career. He's mostly been known as a returner. Um, obviously he's been, you know, it's the pro bowl as a kick returner. Um, so this is, you know, that's kind of where he's made his bread and butter. Maybe he kind of slides into that DG more role though, with if more does end up missing some time and maybe can be, you know, a bit of a deep threat. Um, as if, you know, all of their receivers clearly are deep threat DJ Moore. That's kind of what he's, you know, what he's been productive at this year. Robbie Anderson, while being their one has been more of a deep guy than anything. Um, so maybe, you know, maybe we see Farrah Cooper kind of jump up here. Um, and then the last guy that I really want to talk about, um, when it comes to kind of fantasy this week, Austin Eckler, if for some reason, the owner of Austin Eckler and your league kept him like, or got rid of him and didn't hold him on the roster through the injury. If he's available, I doubt he is. In fact, I'm going to look right now to see what he's owned at on ESPN. But he's a guy that if you are in the playoff push and your league doesn't have a trade deadline and you can still make a move for him, he had the, his career high touches on a game coming back from what was considered a very serious injury with his hamstring coming off the bone like that. If he's going to get – it was like 17, 16 receptions or some crazy – 11 receptions on 17 targets, um, you know – if he's available in your league or if the owner is going to make him available in your league, get him on your roster because 
he's going to just continue to go up. Their schedule's not tough either. They've got a New England team whose defense hasn't been, you know, really anything special. They've got an Atlanta defense coming up that's very beatable. And then um, as well as Las Vegas and Denver to kind of wrap out the fantasy year. You know, so he's got, you know, solid matchups and solid. And it's very clear that they're just going to throw him right back into you know, kind of that lead back role. So maybe not, um, you know, necessarily a guy that you, you know, should be picking up because he's probably not available on your waivers. But if you can make a move for him, um, especially in, you know, you know, in redraft or in dynasty, even I'd be willing to make, you know, some overpay moves for him. He's a guy that's just going to continue performing as we hoped he would this year. Yeah, man, that's some great insight there. A full five minutes there from Jake Perry. Oh, my God. That's just amazing right there. Like, what you got? Five, five, five there. Five um pickups there. I said five, five times. Yeah, five, five guys to look at. <laughs> yeah, right. and then so, I've got a couple. I've got a couple other guys too that like just are just you know keep your eye on them. Um, the tight end situation in Houston. Maybe they start getting some more targets. Neither Aikens or Fells are too owned um, in many leagues. So just maybe a couple guys to look at as well. On top of that. No, yeah, definitely, dude. I'm going to look into it as well. Curtis Samuel. I have Curtis Samuel. He's showing on my bench right now. He had that 20-point game. No one's touching him. He's stashed, stashed on my bench just because I feel like it. So, I mean, you know, if you have a good team and you feel like that you need to go um, just to go pick up a player just to go stash him on your bench, do it. Be a dick. Do it. All right? Fulfill hey, man, your dreams. You got you to do what you got to do. Yeah, fulfill your all's, dreams. All's fair in leagues that there's uh, if there's money in the game. You got to do what you got to do. Exactly, man. I stashed Antonio Brown for four weeks, too. I mean, he had like 11 and 12-point games, you know, and uh, one of my guys could have needed him, and I'm like, no, nah, he's on my team. I mean, you can't have, you can't even have Aaron Rodgers either because, like, my, my backup is Aaron Rodgers to Patrick Mahomes, and I'm in an eight-team league. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I had the pleasure of getting the first overall pick, and I have, like, those um, back-to-back picks. So, I've, I've, I've ended up with – um. Christian McCaffrey and DeAndre Hopkins, Keenan Allen and DK Metcalf. So, I mean, like, I've had that luck. So, I mean, uh, Dale Montgomery was taken in the first round. So, I mean, I don't know why, but uh, there's probably a Bears fan in my league. So, I mean, but he's a really good Bears fan, though. I mean, Dale Montgomery is not he's not a, a bad pick. He's just struggling behind a terrible offensive line. So, I mean, you know. But, yeah. Um, but... In, in addition to fantasy football, uh, what other players do you like? I mean, like, Farrell Cooper is another guy that I just recently picked up as you were talking. Um, so, like I said, stash and keep. But, like, what's a guy that, out of those five, who would you play? Yeah, so, I mean, it'll ultimately depend on kind of what your roster situation looks like. If you're in a deeper league... Um, I think the only guy who, you know, obviously if you have Eckler, start him. Um, Samuel, if you, you know, don't have a better option, you know, in the flex spot or as a wide receiver, you know, he's a good option too. Kuti, I think he's probably the most realistic to put up a decent week, you know, coming up here. You know, like I said, he's going to be thrust into what essentially is Cook's role now with Cook's taking over Fuller's role. So he should get, you know, I I wouldn't be surprised to see him get, you know, between five and eight targets this week um you know hopefully he can obviously do something with those targets maybe get in the end zone um that'd be something that's nice to see so Kuti's probably like the highest on my list besides booker obviously book holding booker is going to depend a lot on how jacobs progresses throughout the week if, if booker does if uh, if jacobs does miss this week then obviously booker you know he kind of 
is thrust into a must start role for me. You know, we've seen him, you know, kind of take, you know, a decent amount of carries when Jacobs, um, when they've kind of rested Jacobs, when they've had a lead this year. Um, so, you know, I'd say, you know, Kuti and Booker are probably my one and two, you know, and guys who I'm really looking at of that list. And I know that you love your tight ends. What are some tight ends that you like picking up, man? Because I need a tight end. That's why. Yeah, man. We actually got a, uh, a question from one of our good friends in the group chat. Um, a lot. Yeah, he right. asked. Yeah. So he asked, uh, basically, you know, he's asking about the tight end situation. Um, I gave him some advice earlier this year that ended up winning him his uh, league. And he's been, you know, listening to the pod and he's definitely got some, uh, some good information out of us there, but he was asking, you know, basically which tight end he would start this week. He's between, he was between Jordan Reed, Zach Ertz and Dalton Schultz. Um, so I told him he'd get kind of an in-depth answer with no direct answer here. So that's exactly what I'm going to give him. Um, so simply if you're looking at, you know, the last four weeks of those three, obviously Ertz hasn't been playing. He's, he's finally designated for return. Um, he's coming back. They announced it today that he'll be coming back from injury. But if you're looking at the last four weeks, the most productive of those tight ends is Dalton Schultz, and it's not by like a substantial margin either. Um, so he's been um, a productive tight end in the sense that no tight end outside of Darren Waller, TJ Hawkinson, and Zach Ertz has been productive this year. Um, so he's the guy on paper that it's that seemingly makes the most sense to pick up. That being said. He showed me the rest of the tight ends that were available in his league. And the guys that I'm – another guy that I'm super high on – I won't say super high on, but a guy that I've picked up in quite a few leagues and maybe where I might even lean the recommendation. In fact, I dropped Schultz for this guy um, is Trey Burton. Trey Burton's been you know, one of the most productive tight ends in football over the past four weeks. Again – that's not saying much. We're not we're not seeing good numbers out of a lot of these guys. Um, but, but you know he's been you know a, he's been a, a popular target at least of um, of Philip Rivers. He's been at least a little bit productive. You know he's projected for about seven and a half points this week. He's been getting in the end zone you know more frequently than we ever really saw. He had six targets this past week. Um, three he got three of them for forty two yards and a touchdown. So it really depends. You know, Ertz in the last four games that he played had 31 targets, which was the most of any of these four tight ends. So maybe if Zach Ertz is still available, you know, maybe you take him just for the target floor of, you know, that he's going to get targeted probably more consistently, even with Goddard, even with Rodgers. Carson Wentz, as bad as he is, loves throwing to his tight ends. So maybe you're looking at Ertz from, you know, a floor perspective. But I think that Burton's probably got the highest ceiling for me. Jordan Reed is kind of an afterthought. They really have outside of the one game that he did. Decent when Kittle went down. He really hasn't done a whole lot of anything this year. So he's kind of not, you know, completely out of the picture for me. So for me, it's definitely, if Ertz is still available and you want the floor, I would take Ertz for the floor and Burton for the ceiling. Yeah, I mean, those are really good options there. Um, so you had uh, Trey Burton, Zach Ertz, and Dalton Schertz. Uh, not Schertz, Schultz. Yeah. Okay, so and then yeah, so have, those those are the guys who are if they're available in your league, those are the guys that I'm kind of looking at. Oh, okay, so the 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 ceiling is um Trey Burton, right? Yeah, if you're if you're going for the ceiling play where you're just trying to get you know, he's probably got the most touchdown upside of any of those guys based off of what we've seen this year. You know, he's probably he's probably the the guy that I'm looking at the most there. Um, Ertz, you know, he's only owned in 61% of leagues, so he's, he's pretty readily available too. Um, and if he is, 
you know, go out and make a move for him, you know, you're going to get the target floor with how much that Carson Wentz loves throwing the tight ends. Yeah, I mean, like you saw um, Dawson, Dom, I think it was um, Dallas Godair who got um, all those targets. He got the touchdown, um, uh, I think, against the Seahawks. So, I mean, like, yeah, I mean, yeah, definitely I can see your point there. And um, Carson Wentz loving his um, tight ends. So, I mean, that's a uh, good thing. So, I mean, if Zach Ertz can um, stay healthy, that'd be that'd be pretty good. But, I mean, you know, he has had his problems of injuries. So, um we had another question. Um, I think it's from our guy from our chat. I think it was. Uh, we have another question after that, but um, I think it was Max. I mean, Max, we got to answer Max's question. Yeah. But, uh, yep, Max. He he basically asked if if he he asked if we would bet on any Bears games the rest of the season. <laughs> like if we would bet on the Bears winning a, another game the rest of the year. Um, well, let me I ask have you, an answer you? for this. I I would. Yeah. Um, oh my god. Uh, that Jaguars team sucks. Oh, that I mean, game? That that's Yeah. That game, yes. Yeah. Any I, other game? Probably not. I'm yeah. I I don't know. We're three point favorites or yeah. three and a half point favorites against the Lions this week. So maybe, oh. you know, maybe you can bet on us there. Maybe the Texans will have to see how their offense does, you know, without, oh, without you know, Fuller. if David Johnson stays out without Will yeah. Fuller, you know, maybe we can look at those two games. But that's about it, man. That's about where my confidence ends with this Bears team. Yeah, for me, I mean, Max. I also, I also don't like betting on teams that I like. You, you know that. You've probably yeah. seen me go in on yeah. Adam or, or Max in the chat before. You know, yeah. I don't always recommend betting on teams you like. No, for sure. I mean, I've seen you in that chat, like just saying, like um, betting against um, our favorite teams provides a jinx or something like that. I think you believe in that something like that. Is it is is it the jinx, right? Yeah, if you bet on us. It, we're gonna lose. Yeah, true. That's my I, belief. It's I, 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 hey, you gotta remember. I play. I play baseball my whole life. I'm uber yep. superstitious when it comes to it comes to this kind of thing. I just don't do it. If you want to do it, just be prepared for me to blame you when we lose. I mean, hey, I lost a couple of bets in this Green Bay game when I bet the Bears too. So it didn't go go too well for me. But on the flip side, I did win a Green Bay favored parlay. Alan Lo- Alan Lazard. Um, Alan Lazard. Mercedes Lewis and um, the Bears scoring over 16 and a half points in the game. They scored 25, so I won some money there. Um, or I don't know. I can't remember if it's Mercedes Lewis or some other guy. But, um, yeah, but, like, you know, for the me, a Bears loss, I won 160 bucks, so I don't care the Bears lost. Money is what runs this world. So going into betting, what do you got? Like, And then we'll go into our locks and dogs, and we'll close out the show that way. No, we got one more uh, one more question. I know. Let me know if you if you've got another one. Um, but we got asked. Um, we posted on Twitter. So if you're not following us on Twitter, follow us at Fantasy Oddscast. Um, but we asked specifically four questions um, for people to ask this week, and we got a question. It was a it was a quarterback specific question on fantasy football. The question was, is it worth starting Kirk Cousins this Sunday? Um, and I asked him. You know, is a single quarterback league, two quarterback league. What are the other options that are out there? Doesn't sound like there's a lot of other options out there. Um, they did mention um, that it's a single quarterback league. He's all also got Derek Carr on his roster right now, and he's very against, you know, as we all saw, Derek Carr, terrible game this week. I'm can't I can't believe I'm saying this, but Kirk Cousins is definitely worth starting. Um, when so obviously it's gonna depend entirely on your league store scoring, but at worst, 
he put up 23 points against Detroit. He put up 20 and a half points against Chicago. He put up 27 points against Dallas and then put up 30 points this past week against Carolina. So he's he's getting more consistent. He's getting you know, he's been a, an improved quarterback basically since that horrible game against Atlanta. Um, he's the guy that we're finally starting to see come around. Um, and this is a Jacksonville team, especially, too, that isn't great against quarterbacks. They're not bad, but they're giving up, you know, about 24 points a week, 24 and a half points a week um, to quarterbacks. And especially recently, you know, we've seen them. We've seen games as explosive as the Chargers game where he, they gave up almost 40 points to Justin Herbert. Um, but we've seen a lot of 30-point games here and there for him. So if it's between him and Derek Carr for me, I'm definitely leaning more towards Cousins than I am Carr. Um, it'll ultimately come down to, you know, I think Derek Carr, he's probably got a little bit of a higher ceiling, like especially if, jo- if there's no Josh Jacobs. Maybe they just go super pass heavy and he throws 50 balls and gets, you know, three or four touchdowns and, you know, 300 yards that way. But Cousins is probably the safer, more consistent option. And if it's not like an absolute, you know, deal breaker to have Cousins in your lineup, I would definitely go the Cousins route. If you're playing the Jacksonville defense for some reason, I wouldn't play him. Um, I don't like my quarterback playing against my defense just as a, like a fantasy philosophy thing. But I would de- I would definitely feel comfortable starting Cousins this week. No, I agree. You know, like if you have an option to start a hot and fiery Cousins right now, in which he had that game last week against the Panthers, he is going to, you know, if he can like, you know, muster like in a, a buck 80, two touchdowns, that's 20 points right there if I'm, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. So, I mean, that, that that's probably going to be a good pickup there. So, yeah, that's a question from Windy City 810 So, uh, thank you for your question, man. Uh, I appreciate, we appreciate it. So, uh, uh, without further ado, let's move into the betting section. What do you got, Jake? Yeah, so my lock of the week, um, I think this isn't really going to come as a surprise to anybody. If you look at the slate, you know, the game is it's the spread is set where it is for a reason. Um, I'm taking Kansas City as the Kansas City money line this week is kind of my lock. You know, this is a Denver team. We saw how bad they are without a quarterback. Yes, their quarterbacks are back. Um, they're going to be back this week. But this is a team that also, you know, uh, has injuries at, at talent positions. Um, you know, Philip Lindsay, I believe it was in practice today um, uh, due to a knee injury. So this is a team that's banged up. You know, I and this is a Kansas City team that, as we saw this past week, can just put up insane numbers. You know, whenever they want. Um, so I'm I'm taking Kansas City, and I'm not even thinking twice about it. Yeah, um, I'm actually gonna roll with you on that money line and spread. Probably gonna like you know put together like a, a, a sorry, had a hiccup there. Uh, a juicy same game parlay for that game you know i mean you know you can't go bad you can't go wrong with you know with tyree kill anytime touchdown anytime travis kelsey touchdown um under in pat mahomes yards because i don't think he's gonna throw that much it's gonna be you know um so it's gonna be more of a run game uh, running game throughout the thing. He's just probably going to throw like two, three touchdowns, 200 yards, something like that. So take a look at the props and see where it's at because the props aren't out yet for some reason. And it's um, just showing us like, you know, uh, for example, Josh Jacobs runs over 50-plus yards. We don't want to give you that information. We want to give you the real numbers. So, um, yeah. So, I mean, for my lock, give me the um, Saints. Um, you know, they're facing, I'm pretty sure they're facing, um, help me out here, Jake. Who are they facing? The Falcons. Yeah, the Falcons. Uh, Falcons, they came off... Yeah, Atlanta. Yeah. um, They came off a really uh, great win 
Um, really, really good win, rather, against the uh, Las Vegas Raiders, 43-6. Uh, to six. I mean, I don't see them repeating that performance against a well-coached team like a... Um, like the Saints not saying the Raiders are not well coached. I just think like it was just a bad day for them. They turned the ball um, over um, on their own uh, territory a couple of times, and then they gave the Falcons a lot of um, uh, outside coverage there, and they ended up scoring 20 points in the first um, first couple of drives there. So, um, yeah, give me the Saints. I really think they get checked back into reality here, the Falcons. And um, Saints are a really good team. Uh, even with Taysom Hill, uh, they don't even need to throw the ball. I think Sean Payton's calling the game as to where um, uh, Taysom Hill is becoming more and more comfortable. We saw that in Denver, but that's just Denver. Um, but then again, it's Sean Payton. So, um, you know, I expect like him to throw like a pick or have like a rushing touchdown and stuff. I don't see him throwing a touchdown, but like have him a touchdown or two on the ground and a pick. That's the normal stat line for Taysom Hill. Um, yeah, give me the Saints in that game, like 31 to like 17. And for my underdog, um, I have San Francisco. Uh, I think for sure it's um, plus money line there, Jake. Uh, let me look. Sorry. Uh, um, I believe so. Yeah. 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 Sam. No, you're good. Yes. Yeah, yeah. They're favored there. Or, uh, Buffalo's favored in that matchup by a point oh. and a half. All right. So what's, so, yeah. What's, so they'll yeah. be, they'll be in plus money. Okay. So the, yeah. So they're so, plus, uh, plus one Oh five. Oh, perfect. Yeah. So, you know, I, I like, I like the San Francisco 49ers, you know, plus one and a half as Jake mentioned and plus one Oh five, you know, jump on that because like the 49ers are slowly getting healthy and um, I like where that team is at. I mean, like, um, they they got hurt earlier on the season and they missed their chance of winning the division, but they could probably, you know, make a run for a wild card spot there um, in San Francisco. But, like, you know, um, news came out of San Francisco that San Francisco is not going to be playing at um, Le- Levi Stadium. They're going to be playing at State Farm Stadium the next two games because San- Santa Clara is shut down, I guess, in California. Um, California bread. What can I say? I know a lot of things about California. So, um, yeah, but Jake, is there anything else that you want to add? Um, any any other NFL news that you think that could um, alter any game um, for Week 13? Not really. Um, so I've got my dog of the week as well. So I've got the the Cardinals money line. Um, this is a Rams team that kind of plays down to their opponents, in my opinion. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised to see them kind of you know take. Arizona a little bit for granted, especially after last week. We'll see if Kyler can get a little bit more healthy, get a little bit more productive running the ball. Um, so hopefully we see a win out of there. They're plus money as well, so they're plus 125 and plus three on the spread. So that's something that I'm looking at this week. When it comes to things, other things that are kind of impacting, um, you know, the week 13 matchups, um, obviously Denver getting their quarterbacks back is going to be, you know, a nice addition for them. Obviously we got to look out for the Jacobs injury, um, you know, I can run through these matchups and I can, I'm pretty confident in the way that most of the games are going to turn out. Um, you know, ultimately, you know, the giants weren't really going to have a game, you know, much of a chance beating Seattle anyway. And especially without Danny, Danny dimes back there. Um, you know, when it comes to the chargers, they're only a point underdog, but Anthony Lynn doesn't know how to coach football this year. It's fine. Um, uh, you know, I, a lot of these games this week are kind of boring to me. Um, the only matchup that I'm really intrigued about uh, looking forward is kind of this Tennessee-Cleveland matchup. Um, you know, both teams are 8-3. and three. Both teams are in a really good spot to make the playoffs here. Um, Tennessee is the six-point favorite. Um, and, 
you know, maybe we can hopefully anyway, we can see this offense continue to perform. Um, this is a Browns team that's been pretty hot, though. Uh, you know, one for their last five um, really good wins uh, against, you know, Philadelphia and, you know, squeaked one out against Jacksonville. You know, a good game against Cincinnati, uh, a Joe Burrow led Cincinnati team. You know, so hopefully we see, you know, a good game out of this. It's nice that Nick Chubb is back and healthy. You know, maybe we see Jarvis Landry keep performing here. But, you know, that's probably the only matchup that I'm really like looking forward to this week. Yeah, just to close out the show here, guys, the matchup that I'm looking forward to is the the 49ers and the Bills, honestly. You know, that that's the game. That's my um that's my underdog pick, the San Francisco 49ers. I think this game's gonna be really good. Probably gonna be in that like, you know, twenty-five to thirty-five point um per team scoring. You know, um it's gonna be a really good one. I really think that like, you know, the 49ers can jump out of nowhere and can beat the Buffalo Bills and try to like, you know, um push them into like a little um dilemma with the Miami Dolphins there winning that AFC East title but you know as always you we we join you every Tuesday we joined you Wednesday today um because we wanted to review the Pittsburgh Steelers game and the Baltimore Ravens game that was today at 240 we wanted to review it with you but like we thank you for joining the fantasy oddscast man um, um as your host um AJ Desai you can follow me on Twitter AJ Desai 4 you can follow my co-host um Jake Perry you can follow him on Twitter at Jake Perry 34 we'll see you next week um on Thursday this time because we want to actually give you the player props them and actually keep an eye out on our Twitter um, handle we're, we're gonna actually gonna be posting some uh, free moves out there so thank you guys thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next week thank you, thank you guys stay home stay comfy